0: Hey, it's good to be with you again and uh, to be in your presence, and we're thankful to do this, and we want you to know that we do count you as online church, wherever you're watching us from, and uh, I'm going to be saying some things to challenge you when it comes to that, so just uh, we pray you're blessed by today. I want to look at Exodus fourteen fourteen as just our beginning text. We're gonna be verses 11 through 14 today, but we're gonna focus on verse 14. Let me read it to you. It says, the Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet, which means uh, just rest in that, rest in that he will do that. Let's Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person that's watching, listening, that's in service, Lord. Uh, in person. Uh, if you uh, prompted me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, uh, Lord, I also want uh, you to know that I know you will remind me that I am a, uh, I'm under a great judgment, a strict judgment, because of um, I'm a teacher of your word. And I accept your place, my place, Lord, in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. I, uh, I want to remind you of uh, principle number four, which was last Sunday, and that principle is pray. That's all it is, is pray, and I thank you for your responses in that. Today, we're going to handle principle number five, which is stay calm and confident and give God time to work, because we live in such a hurry world that uh, we, we want to speed him up as well. We're going to be looking at that today. Uh, I want us to begin first with uh, Exodus 14, 11, and 12, and uh, I'm going to set this up. This is, uh, remember that God has Israelites placed uh, near the sea, near the mountains. They're, they're trapped by the mountains and the sea. The Egyptian army is coming after them, pursuing them. It, it, humanly, from our view, it looks like they are trapped, but God told them to go there specifically. And uh, they're, they're seeing no way out. So verses 11 and 12, they start, com- they start complaining. And I want you to look at the complaint. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? Is that what freedom is basically? Uh, what, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? And then verse 12, it said, uh, isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Uh, leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. They're basically saying being a slave uh, back in Egypt is better than being out here uh, in the wilderness. That uh, even a, a picture that the Lord has abandoned them. Uh, <clears throat> You and I in this life, has we have a chance to follow the Lord. And that's just the way I look at my life. It's not about what subdivision I live in or any of those things that we use as markers to tell of our success. And you and I both know that look of success can be very fake. It can just be a facade. It can just be a presence. But the way that I see now in my walk, I've I've been given a chance to follow God. And man, what am I gonna be able to do with that? But there's always this temptation to go back, to go back. Uh, Let's go back to what was normal. I remember we did a series in the book of Hebrews, and uh, it is the warning of drifting back. Like, let's go back to the priesthood of Aaron. Let's go back to the law, the Mosaic law. Let's go back to that. <clears throat> and God was saying, no, <clears throat> let's go further. Let's go forward and let's walk in this together. And they're like, man, it's better off being back. When I was uh, putting this together, I was thinking of my growing up. I was born in 1960, just turned 60. And I uh, I was thinking of growing up in Somersville. And if you're watching from Greene County, hallelujah uh Camelsville later on and actually lived in Camelsville longer but green and Taylor County but I grew up in a little town called Summersville before we moved to Camelsville <clears throat> and I, I could I can think back at peaceful times the pace of life was slower um I uh I just uh, had a lady say something to me on Facebook and we were childhood friends in elementary school and evidently I had aggravated her and right before recess she stabbed me in the leg with a pencil and I don't even remember that, but uh, it, it made me go back. And I, here I am 60 and I'm apologizing for provoking her uh, in a class right before, uh, right before recess. And I asked her, I said, did you stab me? And she goes, well, I was provoked and I figured then I'd done it, you know. Uh, I go back to a simpler life front porch sitting, you know, handling vegetables out of the garden, life was slower. Is is there a part of me that wants to go back to that? Sure, absolutely. Some parts of the 60s and 70s, I don't want to go back to at all. Uh, But yeah, but here's the point. That's not an even comparison here. Uh, Yeah, I can go back to the slow paced life that I had growing up as a kid, country life, rural town life, small town life. But they're saying they're better off being slaves in Egypt instead of following God. That's not the same comparison of me thinking about growing up in Camelsville and growing up in Somersville. Uh, do I want to go back to some of those days? Yes, but it's not a comparison. That's not slavery. That's not that's not living under the thumb and the rule of people. And they're wanting to go back to this. They want to go back to the known even though it wasn't best for them, they're saying it's better than being out here. I want you to know that God's called us to the unknown. He's called us to the unknown, but remember our unknown is always his known. We, we have got to trust where he is leading us and that he is ahead of us. A couple questions I want to ask you. Would you take an easier route and just know him a little? Would you do that? or would you take a more difficult route and know him more because your goal may be that i i want an easier life well if that's your goal then then take the easy route and know him a little i the more difficult route is being able to know him more and it is our task i've got an opportunity to believe in the lord in my life, and I'm gonna take that and follow him. Is my goal to follow Jesus to get a stress-free, problem-free, suffering-free life, or to know him? And Paul says this in Philippians 3.10, my goal is to know him, the power of his resurrection, which we all like that one, we don't like this next one, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. So. We, we want to know him. Paul's goal was, I want to know his power, and I want to know his fellowship, and I'm, in, I'm going to know that fellowship through his suffering. Uh, if we're not careful, we'll surrender to Jesus to have a stress-free, problem-free, suffering-free life. That's not why we surrender. We'll get to that in a moment. The key to this is, uh, I, he is I want to be with him, and I want to know him more. I want to know him not just a little. I want to know him more. As we get into the text of today, uh, Exodus 14, 13 says, but Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never ever see again. This is one of Moses's finest hours of speech. He gives many addresses to his people. This is one of his finest He tells them, don't be afraid. I know the mountains are here. I know the sea is here. And I know the Egyptian army is coming after us. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. Take your position. I wonder what that can mean to us today. Uh, Stand firm. It means position yourself. Listen, kingdom first, guys. Kingdom first. That's where I position myself. As I live this life and there's all, these, this, all this political talk and banner back and forth, preacher, where do you stand? Let me tell you, kingdom first. I am going to position myself with kingdom first in my life. Next thing he tells them in that verse 13 is that um, realize that the, it's the Lord's salvation. Listen, the greatest victory I've ever had in my life was the day I was saved. Uh, the word salvation here actually is the form of Yeshua, which is Jesus. I mean, they're even talking about that in the Old Testament with Moses. And the greatest victory you've ever had is not when I get to heaven. That's, that's a, that is a gift. The greatest victory that's ever happened in my life is the day I was saved. That is the greatest victory there's no victory past that that's greater than that. It is the day of my salvation. So he says, he says, don't be afraid. Stand firm today. Position yourself. Kingdom first. Salvation is the Lord. That's my greatest victory of my life. And then uh, he gets he gets really prophetic here. Uh, he gets prophetic in the way that he is uh, talking about what's going to happen to him in the future. God's going to make a way. Is really the whole key line of our uh, sermon series. Moses' commands were calm, simple, reassuring, and prophetic. Now, I'm gonna tell you to have those those same commands to people, be calm, be simple, be reassuring, prophetic, that's up to the Holy Spirit. You can't turn that on, you can't turn that off, but be that to people, calm them down. Don't stir people up. And and I see that happening more and more. Be the peacemaker in this. So Moses, in verse 13, stands against their complaining in verses 11 and 12. And their complaining seems to be hopeless. And what he is trying to tell them is that God is going to make a way. He is going to use this to make a way. You know, it seems hopeless today. We're going, man, I, I thought we'd have a cure by now, which we're trying to speed up the process. It's the double lanes at McDonald's, you know? We're trying to get everything still in a hurry. Uh, and, and we're wanting to this vaccine to just come on. Am I praying for a vaccine? Absolutely. Am I praying for a cure for our heartache, our, our brokenness? Absolutely. I'm praying for a cure when it comes to both. But it seems like a hopeless situation and we're just as trapped about our future as the Israelites are seeming to be from our human point of view and that there is no way out. Let me, let me remind you, God has them in this specific location, trapped by the mountains, trapped by the sea, and here comes the Egyptian army. They're coming after him. It, it looks hopeless, but I want you to know God has orchestrated every bit of it. You're going, even the army coming after them? Yes. It says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and sent them after, you know, there's the pursuit. It says that God even had the Israelites backtrack where they look confused. Do you remember that in the early parts of Exodus 14? And, and so the, the Egyptian army is going, man, they're, they're confused. They're crazy. They're, they're easy pickings. Let's go, let's go and get them. Uh, he, he's, he's orchestrating every bit of it together, but don't forget he will make a way. I have to ask a question. Some of you are going, man, the state of the church, will it ever go back to normal? And I just try not to use that phrase anymore because God's gone. He's calling us forward. Is it my, is it even my task to get back to a schedule? that we used to have a weekly? No, it's not not my task anymore. We're we're gonna figure this out, but you know what? It's possible for the very best days of our church to be ahead of us. It's it's fun for me to say, it may make you feel a little better. I just so happen to believe that very deeply in my heart. New, will it look new? Probably. Is it gonna be different? Yeah. Is it going to have adjustment in my own personal life and corporately as the community of Christ and the church? Absolutely. But the promise is that God will make a way. You're going to go, my future has a big question mark. Here's the truth. Your future has always had a big question mark. Remember I told you early, God's called us to the unknown, but don't forget, uh, it is all known to him. We are following him. Uh, For those of you who are longtime Hope Churchers, uh, and I say that being with us since we were mobile in 1998, um, I brought out the cards, and occasionally I do. I'm only bringing one of the cards today, but it is is the journey card. And if you all are watching us uh, online, uh, I used to present these all the time, and we're on a journey. I'd ask the church, we're on a journey, Uh, where are we going? And Hope Church would just yell back, we don't know. And Hebrews eleven eight is a verse that I want to give to you. By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went out to a place he was going to receive an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. Uh, this is where we get this. Where are we going, man? We we don't know. But I'm following. I'm following God in my future. You know, uh, corporate America, worldly leadership is going to say, to be a good leader, you got to know where you're going. That's not true in the kingdom. The kingdom is we're following God who in the known, unknown to us, absolutely known by him. God God has not tricked his people. Uh, He has not set them up for failure. He has not abandoned them. And he's not abandoned you. And he's not set you up for failure either. He's going to make a way. So he's developing trust in his people in Israel, uh, with the Israelites, and he's developing trust in you. He did that with the plagues. He's doing that in the Red Sea. And let me just move all that forward. He's doing that with COVID. In COVID, what's he doing? He's still shouting out, trust me, trust me, follow me in this pursuit. The last verse of today is uh, Exodus 14, 14, says the Lord will fight for you. We started off with this one. The Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet, which means rest in the fact that he is fighting for you. He is our deliverer. Deuteronomy 1:29 through 31 captures again the Red Sea story. Let me remind you of it. So I said to you, don't be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God goes before you, He will fight for you just as you saw him uh, do for you in Egypt. And you saw in the wilderness how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all along the way you traveled until you reach this place. He is the deliverer. In our principle today, number five, stay calm and confident. Give God time to do his work. Let God do his work. Is he making a way? Yes, he is. Let him do his work. I, I brought in Psalm 18, one and two. Logan's behind the camera. I really did this for him, but I going to share it with you because he's really been throwing himself in this chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters, actually. So way to go, Logan. Um, and I want you to look at verses one and two. He says, I love you, Lord. <clears throat> uh, you, you are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress. Hang on, come on with me here. He is my deliverer. He is my God, my mountain. When I go to worship and seek the refuge, he is my shield and the horn of my salvation. Greatest victory of my life is the day I was saved. I better say the second day was when I married Julie. You reckon I should say that? But the greatest victory of my life was the day I was saved. Don't you forget that. It's the greatest victory can ever happen to anybody, no matter where you live. He is my stronghold. So I want you to say it with me. God is my deliverer. He will make a way. Say it. God is my deliverer. He will make a way. You hang in there. We're going to make it. Our best days are ahead of us. Thanks for watching, being a part of this service. Grace and peace.